0: We've added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee, so you can go to buymeacoffee.com practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com practicalprep. We've added a new segment to Practical Prepping Podcast.
1: We're calling it 10-Minute Tips. These episodes will average out to around 10 minutes. Individual episodes could run as short as 5 minutes or as long as 15 minutes, depending on the topic. But we're aiming for around that 10 minutes per episode.
0: A new episode of 10-Minute Tips will drop every Wednesday and Friday. And the regular episodes will drop each Monday.
1: What's our topic for today?
0: Our topic for today is planning.
1: We're in a series of low-cost or no-cost prepping activities, so we thought it would be good to just begin with some of the benefits of planning. One of the things that we found in pre-planning was that it identifies needs. We found some areas that we didn't have anything prepared for if those particular circumstances hit. It also identifies the resources, and we found many more resources than we thought we had.
0: And it identifies the holes in the preps, those areas I think you just touched on, where you may be well-stocked in one area and woefully lacking in another. And you've really got to take an assessment of those holes, identify those, and learn to fill them as practically as you possibly can.
1: Would that be like having 200,000 rounds of ammunition and no water or food?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I would identify as a hole in your prep. That would be
1: a whole, that would be a major (coughs) hole. Mm -hmm. It also contributes to organization. Are you able to open a book, a binder, and see what you have on hand? Are you able to open that binder and see what you need to do if a certain situation arises
0: now i think it's interesting that you mentioned opening a binder like a hard copy notebook because we're also thinking about those times when there may be no electricity no power no charged phone so if folks are keeping all of their notes on their cell phone or their tablet or their uh, kindle or what have you if they haven't got it charged up and have no power they have no list So keeping that handwritten or typewritten copy is certainly a very wise thing to do.
1: Absolutely. And when we're talking about that written, we're talking detailed and specific. Write that out very detailed and very specific and print it out. Now, it's great to have a digital copy, but you need that hard copy printed out. And like we said, the binder is a great place to keep that But I have things on my devices that I can open it up and I can see those when I'm away from home, when I'm wanting to look something up. Uh, It's an easy thing to do, but it needs to be detailed, specific, and written out. How about a food prepping plan? That's a little bit more of your bailiwick.
0: Well, you know, we started this practical prepping journey based on doing things in a practical matter, not going out and spending $5,000 at one time to try to get all of your preps done today, but to start small and build it over time. When you're going to the grocery store, buy an extra can or two of uh, canned goods, buy an extra bag or two of rice or beans, and on each visit, to either a grocery store or a hardware store or a variety store where you might find food and medicines and household items, start small and begin to prep over time. And so it's not that buying a lot of food costs that much more to start with. You're basically kind of shopping in advance, in a sense, because you're also going to shop your own preps. I know I do
1: that and the possibility of the inflation that we expect could be coming our way very soon it's a good way to save some money down the road
0: it is and i think we also take advantage of the fact that we have the sam's club the costco those types of uh, wholesale warehouses we also take advantage of the bulk buying on products that we're always going to use we're always going to use soap and soup and tomato sauce and maple syrup and beans and things toilet like paper. that toilet paper of course so we want to just put ourselves in a position where at no time do we have to make any panic runs to any type of a grocery or hardware store because we have little bit over time stocked our prepper pantry and then shop it and rotate those goods in and out
1: uh, now do you need yeah. to have a, a planned list of the types of things that you want to have for example I know you use a lot of creamed uh, cream of mushroom soup well
0: you know every family and every household is different and I think everybody knows what they use very little of and what they use a whole lot of
1: but do you need to write that down so that that's your par for example for that
0: Uh, oh you mean like what's what's my uh what's my minimum amount maybe that i need to have on hand like six cans of this and when i get to six cans i know i need to
1: then you need to go to something you may
0: you may have your bare minimums and you may need to look at what you can get by on bare minimums kind of like what we've done with the gas tank in the car we now consider half a tank empty and right. we want to fill. So you may want to consider anything you never, ever, ever want to be out of. You need to have the bare minimum amount of what that needs to be. And you and you alone can figure that out. And then just work toward that goal. And don't don't worry if you can't do it all in one day or two weeks or six months. Just work toward that goal and just get your prepping organization done as the best way you can. That's the best way to do it.
1: Okay. Now let's say we have that three or four weeks of food stocked up and we're in a situation like our friends in the northeast are in right now where it's what two feet of snow
0: yeah they're having a blizzard up there i think it's called winter storm quade right now it's a pretty cool name
1: now you can't go to the store you can't get out with this kind of a snowstorm. i don't think maybe some areas can plow the roads enough but i know around here if we had eight inches of snow we're here for a couple of days so, you've got all this food, you can't go anywhere, how do you cook it? If the electricity goes out, how are you going to fix my lunch?
0: <laughs> how are you going to fix my lunch, is what you should say. Well, there again, prepper, prepper friends, that's where you need to consider what is it that you're going to have on hand that is going to allow you to cook. Now, certainly, there's anything that you can eat out of a can You may not like it, but you can eat it cold if you had to. You can eat beans cold. You can eat chicken noodle soup cold. You can. I mean, it's not going to be the most pleasant way, but it's better than absolutely nothing.
1: I've eaten many a can of beans cold in the woods. Mm -hmm,
0: Absolutely. So there,
1: there,
0: there are times when if you don't absolutely have to cook something, then eat it uncooked. But by all means, do not be unsafe. Don't consume raw foods that must be cooked. So obviously use some common sense there. Otherwise. Uh, and we've got listeners that are in all different kinds of living situations. We have some that live in a high-rise apartment. We have some that live in a home in the suburbs. We have some that live in a duplex, a threeplex, a fourplex, or they live in a dorm. They live in a patio home. They live in a farmhouse. They live on a farm. There's all different kinds of ways the way people live. So each person has to figure out what do I have on hand that I can use to cook my food in my dwelling, in my circumstances.
1: So we're planning that ahead of time. You've got
0: to plan that ahead of time. You can't let that catch you unawares. You know, if you need to use a gas grill and you've got no gas, well, guess what? You can burn some wood on it, but that's going to get crude. So you've got to give a little planning to how you're going to cook and prepare meals.
1: So what are you going to be cooking this in?
0: Well, that's the thing too, is that, you know, if you're going to be cooking open fire or on top of a hot grill or something, you're going to have to have the cast iron, the the heavy duty cookware that can take the high heat and the wear and tear that's going to be out there with cooking like on an open fire or on coals inside some kind of a, some people even use a solar oven. If you have those and can get those to work, you can actually get by with using disposable foil pans for cooking in, in a solar oven. So, I mean, again, each person has to think about what what do I have and what can I use and what will I need to cook and how will I do it?
1: Okay, I think you learned something this afternoon because of the notes I had made on this particular podcast, and I have in parentheses dishwashing liquid.
0: Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think this refers more so to your heavy-duty stainless steel cookware, not so much your cast iron. But there's an old uh, habit where if someone's using a big cook stock pot, maybe a big stainless steel pot, and they're placing it on a fire or a grate over a fire, if you're cooking on open fire, fire is going to lick up onto the sides and the bottom of that pot and it's going to create black soot and that black soot can be almost like a concrete layer and you will scrub and chip and blast away all you can and you may or may not ever get that soot off
1: we learned this in disaster relief at least that's where i learned it and in the early days of disaster relief there were this group of guys that started out in texas after hurricane carla and i think that was in the mid-60s And these guys put their buddy burners, fish burners, uh, pots and stuff into the truck, and they went down to feed people. And they were having to clean their pots with all of this soot on them afterwards. And a young boy, about 13, 14 years old, walked up, and he said, I can uh, tell you how to stop that. Of course, here's a bunch of grown men. Uh, older guys looked up at this young man, kind of like, okay, you go ahead and tell us how to fix this. He said, in Boy Scouts, we learned to put dishwashing liquid on the bottom and up the sides of the stock pot. On the
0: outside. On the
1: outside. It changes the flavor if you put it inside. <laughs> doesn't do any good for getting the soot off either. Mm -hmm. But if you'll put the thickest coat you can get on the outside and the bottom of that stock pot, when it's all over with, that stuff comes off very, very easily.
0: That's interesting.
1: So just wanted to throw that in.
0: That's a very practical prepping tip right there. We appreciate that. What else?
1: Now, Communications plan. We put an article together, and it went up on the website here just a few days ago. So we would refer you to that communications plan that's on the website at www.practicalprepping.info. But just to touch on that, here's a couple of questions or three questions you really need to answer. How will you receive information? We're talking one-way information. How are you going to know what's going on? For one, you want to be able to be notified that there's a problem with the weather, something like that. So you need something to receive the NOAA weather alerts, and that's just one example. Another thing you need on your communications plan is that you need to know with whom do you plan to communicate, and what is the distance between you and that person, you know, it's different if you're talking about somebody across the street or next door, or if you're talking two miles away, or if you're talking twenty miles away, or in our case, after a major disaster, we're going to need to be communicating a hundred miles and four hundred miles. So, once and more. <laughs> uh, yes, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about just to notify family mm-hmm. that Me we're too. okay.
0: Yeah. Close to 500 with a couple of brothers. Okay, yeah. I'd,
1: I'd forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. When we get the 400, they can pick up the phone and call <laughs> the, the last. Right. Uh, actually, our plan calls for making contact with one person on either family outside of our impact area, and then they'll go to work on the telephones with the phone list that each family member has mm-hmm. for both sides of our family. But you got to have that plan for being able to communicate to the nearest distance that can relay that information out. And then you've got to figure out how you're going to do that. So we just wanted to touch on communications plan, but go read that article. It's pretty interesting. How about gear planning?
0: Okay, gear planning. Gear meaning the actual items and containers by which you would need to be able to survive and thrive in a, an emergency situation as a practical prepper. So
1: Things you can hold uh, in your hand.
0: So it, the question is, what gear do you need in a get-home bag? We often call it a GHB.
1: Well, that's all personal. That is, uh, you know, you and I were talking today about the furthest distance that we're likely to be from the house.
0: And like on any given ordinary day, any, not from a traveling or anything right. but like on your day-to-day, on comings my day-to-day, and goings. On day-to-day,
1: I will be somewhere within this county, mm-hmm. yeah. generally. I generally. I mean, it is possible that I can be sent somewhere else to mm-hmm. pick up a prisoner or something like that, but... In general, I will be within this county.
0: Let me explain something. We may have some first-time podcast listeners. They just heard you say, pick up a prisoner. He's a Madison County deputy. Okay, just wanted to put that in there.
1: Okay. All right. So, in my travels around (laughs) with the Sheriff's Department, I would generally be within this county. It's a pretty good-sized county.
0: Yes, it's a very large-sized county, yes. In fact, and in my line of work, I have a work vehicle that takes me to... (coughs) At least three-quarters of the the area of of not only this county, but my work can actually take me out of state. I can be driving to a neighboring state. I can be driving to three or four different counties just covering my territory for the company that I work for. And so it it needs to dawn on me that I need to have my get-home bag with me in every vehicle that I drive, and that includes my work vehicle. And I'm going to be honest and transparent. I haven't been doing that. And I have found myself falling short of that practical prepping goal. And I'm here to tell you that I'm a changed woman today and that that get home bag is going to be with me in every vehicle that I'm either driving in or riding in if someone else is driving. I then it's just smart. idea. Why have a get home bag. If you're caught with it at home. Exactly. You know, that's that's just that's a no go situation. So that's a today's a different day.
1: So. What we're saying here on planning is what gear will you need to get home? What do you need to put in there? Now, think through the categories that we've talked about before. You're going to need to have something for water. Now, that might be a two-liter bottle of water. It might be a water filter like a Life Straw or a Sawyer Mini. And you might need a couple of uh, 16-ounce bottles that will screw on to that some way to get water because honestly if i'm 30 miles from here i'm not going to make it by dark and i don't plan to travel through these woods around here in the dark
0: and just a reminder too that the human body can you're pushing it but about day three without any kind of water or fluid
1: oh you're dangerous there
0: it's not good So if nothing
1: else, if nothing else, that water filter, you can stop at every mud hole and Mm -hmm. fill up your water bottle and drink clean water through that. Same thing with fire. If it's this time of the year, we're going to have to find a place to build a fire to be able to stay warm through the night. Uh, What about first aid? Now, we're not telling you what needs to be in your bag, but you need something in there to deal with water, something to deal with fire, something to deal with first aid something to deal with shelter, having a small tarp or blankets or something in your bag there to deal with that.
0: And you also need to take any medications that you take either daily or multiple times a day. We have some friends that are on a medicine they take like four times a day. Right. You've got to have your medications. You can't be letting your body go through the stress of trying to get home, and then you don't have your medicine.
1: Now, those go in my everyday carry bag. Mm-hmm. Those go everywhere with me. And if I had to try to get home uh, without the benefit of a vehicle, then either that EDC bag would go with me in addition to the get-home bag, or I would take the items of duplication out or things that I don't need. If all the, let's just say it's an EMP, I probably don't need those um, extra cords for the cell phones.
0: Right. It's just, it's causing you to be very intentional with your thinking about. What you need every day. And some folks that are listening to us right now are going, Man, y'all are just laying a whole lot on me all the time. We don't mean to lay a lot on you. We mean to help you understand that you have to develop a prepper brain. You're going to start thinking more about the what ifs,
1: it's that mindset that mindset that I'm going to plan for having to take three days to get home. Now, how am I going to do that? What am I going to need to be able to do that? What could I encounter? Is this something where I could encounter no place to add any food? Is there major amounts of water that I'm going to have to cross or traverse or go around what's the situation there and you can only answer that for yourself and you'll have to figure out what it's going to take for you to be able to stock your get home bag okay let's shift gears here what about gear for your home what do you need at home
0: when we're talking about at home what would you need for minor repairs maybe even moderate repairs major repairs. It just depends on your deal. Or for the task around home, what are the things that you're just going to need to have on hand in terms of gear that you'll need for home
1: use? Well, I've used this illustration before. Uh, After a huge windstorm, a large limb pokes a hole in your roof. You need to stop that, you know, at the earliest convenience. You need to plug that hole up with something. Mm -hmm. so you're probably going to need a tarp you're probably going to need a hammer nails and probably a ladder so think through those scenarios and situations and just come up with the gear that you have for various tasks that you might have to perform and look around the house you may have many of those things already in place if you live in that high-rise apartment It might simply be you need a tarp big enough to cover the largest window that you have and duct tape to put it up. Somebody else is going to fix it, but you may want to stop the cold air from coming in today or tonight after the storm has blown the window out. Mm -hmm. So think through that. What kind of gear are you going to need at home?
0: Okay, and then moving on, we're looking at an operational survival plan. Now, when you talk about a survival plan, after what sort of scenario, Mark, are we talking about here?
1: This particular scenario that I have used this for our operational survival plan, this is if we get into an SHTF situation where we're either going to have to bug in or if the time comes when it's just time to get out what do we do? And in our particular plan, there is a very specific list of tasks that we're going to do. If we are leaving the house, for example, we're going to turn all the power off, we're going to turn the water off, and we're going to turn the gas off. Those are three tasks that we're going to have to have. But in our operational plan, it has, um, for example, if we're bugging in we're going to move the supplies that we have in the garage into the house. Now, they may be sitting in the floor in the middle of a room, but they're going to be inside the house so that we don't have to go back and forth between the garage any more than we absolutely have to. And if we do have to go out, we're going to be armed to the T, and one of us is going to be watching the others back. So that's what we're talking about an Operational Plan what steps do you need to take if you have to put your plan for bugging in or bugging out into place?
0: Okay. So let's say we have to bug out. Give us some scenarios as to what would be the reason why we would have to leave our home.
1: Well, there could be a couple of things there. There there could be that knock on the door that says there's a chemical spill down the street and you've got three minutes to get out. So we have a list of what to take. And basically it's a... Change of clothes and the cats.
0: That's what you call your bug-out bag.
1: That's our bug-out bag. We've
0: talked about having a bug-out bag right. at the ready.
1: See, the, with something like a hazmat spill, that's going to get cleaned up, and that's going to allow us to come back to our house. But we want to be living when we come back, and we want the cats alive when we come back.
0: Right. We, we want so to act in safety. We're
1: going know. to grab our cats, grab a change of clothes, grab that bug-out bag, and we are out of here. hmm There's also that time when it's just time to leave. It's no longer safe to stay here. This is the one where we might have 12 hours. We come to the decision, you know, it's not going to be safe to stay here. So we're going to leave tomorrow. We're going to pack up and we're going somewhere else tomorrow. This particular operational plan gives us the reminders to have ammo and weapons with us if we go to the garage and the other one watching our back. Things, uh, the tasks that I mentioned a while ago with the gas, the turning off the power and turning off the water, and the packing list. These are the things that are going to have to go with us
0: and i was sitting there thinking while you were saying that that one of the a good way to prepare is a lot of folks are are thinking well you know i've got so much on my computer in the form of documents and files and photos and this is where a thumb drive comes in real handy if you can add to your planning as part of your prepping, that you want to put some important documents, your insurance documents, your mortgage documents, your tax documents, whatever, your photographs, your files, the important things that you have that you're saving on your computer that it just may not be practical for you to try to drag all of your computers, but you can put put thumb drives in pockets and you've got permanent records should the time come.
1: And just as an example uh here, if it came to us having to It's no longer safe to stay here, and we're getting ready to leave. You know, we're not going to think about our file cabinet, okay? Exactly. But there's about five file folders that are on that operational plan to remind us, grab these folders before you go. Mm -hmm. It's uh, either original or copies of important documents. Right. Things like marriage license. Things, well, yeah. things that are in place and you would want to grab to go in that type of an emergency
0: mm-hmm. so you know every family and individual is different you're you're think about thumb drives you should be kind of be doing that anyways just for backup particularly with photographs because i've i know so many disaster victims have who have survived their disaster have regretted later they said oh i I lost all my wedding photos. I lost all my baby's photos. I don't have a photograph to my name. I don't have a hard copy photograph to my name. But if they had those photos on a thumb drive, they can be taken to an operating computer later. Oh, yes. In the future. And you can get hard copies again. They may not be the original, but they're better than not having any. So it, It's not the that.
1: paper it's printed on. It's, it's the memory. It's
0: right. That's exactly what it's that It's the means. feeling
1: you get when you look at it. Okay, let's talk about a travel plan. We're going to have to leave. So what do we do? What what's our plan while traveling? I'm not talking about getting ready. We've gotten in the car. We've turned the switch and we're ready to go. What do we need to have planned?
0: I think a lot depends on what you're leaving for and why. The situations can differ from a natural disaster, an impending collapse, or the collapse has already taken place. You've got to figure out multiple ways to facilitate your leaving your home.
1: Multiple routes.
0: Being in a car on a road may be the perfectly fine, safe thing to do. And if it is, by all means, do that. Use what you can. While you can use it. Oh,
1: absolutely. And and what I'm talking about here is have several different routes to get to where you plan to go.
0: Right. Think of if if it's if it's feasible in your particular situation, listener, you may be listening to us in a farm community and there's one road in, it goes both ways and
1: it goes both ways. Your driveway goes
0: to that one road. If
1: if it runs (laughs) north and south and the danger is to the north then go south. (laughs) So what is the route you'll take to get where you were going if you had to go south or vice versa? Mm -hmm. If we were leaving here to go to either area where our kids are located, uh, the most direct, quickest route, uh, the route we take every time we go visit one of them, is we turn right out of the driveway. We go down here and there's a major road running north and south and we'll go north if we're going to one kids and we'll go south if we're going to the others but what if the chemical spill is right in that intersection
0: you got to backtrack and find we, another way
1: we got to have well i really <laughs> want to know that whoever knocks on the door and says you got to go i want to know where it is yeah so i can go the opposite i want to know
0: direction. where they're going <laughs> well they're going next door but, um, yeah, but when they get done with their work, where are they going? Which, which
1: direction? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, which way is the wind blowing? If the wind's blowing certain direction, then we need to go another direction. Mm-hmm. So
0: so we're but, just basically saying, develop a mindset of alternatives.
1: Exactly. In everything. In everything.
0: Routes. Traveling, gear, necessities. What are all the alternatives?
1: Absolutely. So that pretty much does it for our pre-planning episode and we hope you've picked up at least a little bit of tip out of this and we'll be back on wednesday with our first 10 minute tip if you enjoy practical prepping podcast we ask you to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about it
0: We also ask you to consider supporting our podcast. You can do that by buying us a cup or two of coffee by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash practical prep.
1: We appreciate any support to keep this
0: podcast coming to you. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.